I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. As long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. Uh, back once again with another episode. This is episode 69 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. Uh, I'm down in Burnley today uh, with DVB Productions. Hello. Right. And Dom. Um, first time we've met today. It seemed like decent lads other than supporting Burnley. But, uh, <laughs> Someone's got to, mate. Yeah, uh, well, we've had loads of people turn off now already. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Um, so, how are you doing? Is that right? Yeah, good. Cheers. What did you have for tea last night? I'll go left to right. I've just been on holiday, so I had a pizza at an mm. Italian restaurant last night. Lovely. Nice. Where did you go? Uh, Ribby Hall. Uh, it's that? towards like Blackpool Way. Okay, right. Oh, interesting. Uh, would you have what's the toppings on your pizza? Don't say pineapple. I can't. If, if you support <laughs> Burnley and you eat pineapple, just get out. <laughs> yeah, I, I do actually like pineapple on pizza, oh, but it weren't. It weren't yeah. pineapple. It were uh, chicken, pepperoni, chilies, and a bit of nougat. I'm into that What's nudia? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, like a sausage that's not a sausage. <laughs> Stick to pepperoni. <laughs> uh, Carl Thorkington. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get it out of the way. What's that? Uh, anyway. What did you offer to you? Uh, just burgers and mash. Freddy? And peas. Yeah. <laughs> burgers and mash and peas. Uh, um, I... I'm on a diet, so uh, unfortunately. Oh, we are. Um, Apart from you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I just had chicken and rice again last night, so there we go. That's Sounds it. good to me. Sounds good. Yeah, so we'll get straight like straight into your story. Um, so who's DVB and where does it all begin? Um, you, as you say, you both have your separate stories and now you've got into it and stuff like that. So where does music come into your life for you? Music's always been a part of my life in every way. Like right. I've I played loads and loads of instruments growing up and I still play guitar now, I play in a band. <coughs> and I, I just like music as a whole. It's not about bounce, it's not about rock. I just yeah. there's, there's not much I won't listen to. Yeah, I and like enjoy. That. I like that. Um, you can tell with the tunes as well, can't you? When you when you yeah. with your tunes it's like you're doing stuff musically rather than the the structure of a of a bounce track where it's the kick needs to be here, the donk needs to be here, the, the riff needs to sound like this. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I think you you can tell with some of the melodies and stuff that you do that it is just yeah, if it, it feels yeah. right then do it. Do you know it just I mean? comes very natural to me to oh, yeah. to write music like riffs and stuff like that and translate guitars on there and stuff. Yeah. It was for me it was the the production side of stuff that was always weak in yeah. the early sort of days. Right. So where like have you, is your family in that into music? Is it is it have you grew up around it and stuff like that? Yeah, but not much more than anyone else, I don't think. Like, yeah. my mum played uh, in a brass band. Yeah, my granddad did. She still does, but apart from that, I just grew up with like David Bowie and ACDC and right. Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. I'm like so. Bonnie M, listen to me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what part of, um, what what time did you think, I want to replicate what these musicians are doing? Like, what was the... Yeah, I, I didn't have a clue about music production. I knew that there was something called a music studio, but I didn't even have a clue about any of it. And I went to Burnley College <coughs> when I was, uh, well, I've been 17. I went to Burnley College and I went to do live performance. So I went to do like guitar and stuff like that. Right. And then while we were there, one of the modules was 
like a production type thing and they had these Macs in this room and they had Reason yeah which is the door if you don't know but you know um, mm-hmm. and I just sat down messing on that and like it, it blew my mind yeah so was were you able to play instrument at this point before you went to college? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. were you what were you playing as a guitar to begin with? It, yeah, it, I, I played guitar since I was eleven. I think I started in year seven. Before that, I was playing keys. Um, played a bit of clarinet at primary school, but we'll move. <laughs> not <laughs> recorder. Clarinet. Yeah, I'm sorry, for that. nice. <laughs> I'm sorry for any clarinet <laughs> players out there, but it's not cool. Yeah. Uh, what was the first tune you learned on guitar? Smoke on the water. Yeah, everyone's in it. <laughs> uh, what about you then? Where does, where does music come into your life? Um, I don't know. I remember being about, I think I was 12, and I just really wanted decks. And um, I used to go into the local vinyl shop, I think it was Electron, and the one across the road were Astonishing Sounds. Yeah. In Burnley. Yeah. And I'd buy like the Scoused Out CDs. Yeah. I can remember them when they were kicking around. Yeah, and I said I want some decks. Uh, and I think I got a Christmas that year, I got some Cam Bell drives. Why did you want, why did you want decks? I have, I have no idea. I can't remember. I remember having um, a CD on my phone as well. I think it was a Nicky B's three deck session. And the first tra- track with that uh, Arvin tracker, Make Your Body Move. Uh, yeah. yeah so this must have been about 2009. Yeah, maybe, uh, so it must have been before. I, don't, I have no idea. I can't remember that far back. You grew up with like house and stuff and trans, though, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Like, but I also like, listened to Oasis, Storm Roses. Yeah. So it weren't just dance music. Yeah. Even Eminem. Like, I was massive into Eminem. I think that was one of the first vinyls I bought were an Eminem yeah. vinyl. So I was trying to mix that into one of my mum's Michael Jackson records. <laughs> into one of Wait a minute, I'm writing that down. <laughs> into one of the dunk records that I'd picked up so I only had like three dunk tunes. Yeah, so it was about the music more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, I see. And then where does the, the sort of DJ aspect come into it? Um, or, or what comes first, the DJ and the production for you? Oh, DJing by far. I, didn't, yeah. I weren't really interested in the production until like, I started getting friends with Ben later on. Like down the line and I think when we made our first tune together that was the first time I'd ever thought oh I could get into this side of it because yeah. like, I'd never really I'd just like seen people have the music already made and yeah. it'd be like, I'd just buy the vinyl it's one of them things if you don't know anything about it you, you, you don't even know where to begin Blank, do you? isn't it yeah yeah. yeah 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 I remember like when, when I was starting out and uh, there was no one I knew who was a DJ I mm. not I can't remember the first person I met in the, within the, the scene or whatever, but like I was there and it would be like, how do you produce a track? Like, yeah. like how have they done this? I uh, at first when I heard DJs playing, uh, I used to listen to Italian and stuff. I'd be like, oh, I thought they made that tune. Yeah. Do you know that was in my head? I was yeah. like, you sound dumb when you say it out loud, but. When you when you you can only take you can only take it, it at face value, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I remember actually, if you're growing up and you yeah. see a big DJ and he's yeah. playing, you, you you must think, oh, that's his music. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. why would you think anything different? I remember getting a cracked version of FL like years ago, and I didn't know how to change the piano roll. So it'd be like just a kick on the four bars, yeah. and it'd just be a dunk on the third bar, and it, it'd be the same. Like it wouldn't be changing key or out. Yeah. And I'd be like, "Wow, that's sick!" The amount of people still do shoes like that's unreal. Yeah. Uh, it's actually just a hard house shoe, isn't it? Then you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, uh, I know what you mean because, like, obviously, when you get the early version of FL, 
you, and you don't open up the piano roll it is just literally play it in the, the root key of yeah, yeah. It's, it's in yeah, yeah. and it's like it's yeah, different. I think different. we all started there, innit? Yeah. It's different as a, as a FL, isn't it, to quite a few dogs? Yeah. Do you think so? I think so. I, I like it. Uh, my my first exposure was Cubius, and it took me a bit to get my head around it, because obviously, like, the shortcuts and that, um, once you know them, they're easy, but, like, where when you could do, like, continuous automation throughout the track, whereas you can make automation clips in FL and stuff like that, and when I went over to FL, I was like... Why have I been stressing out all this time about yeah. that? Like, do you know what I mean? It took me fucking twenty hours to get like a basic arrangement together. Like, yeah. Do it in two in FL. So that's, I think that's why I stuck with it. But what do you work on now? Logic. 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 Yeah. What made you just go to that? Um, I was on FL for a long time uh, until the point where I quit in 2013, and then I just forgot about all music production together, <laughs> and then. My wife was progressing in her field and her job and stuff like that. She was getting, you know, bigger and better up the ranks and stuff like that. And I just thought, I need to do something. And we were talking about it and stuff. Well, she said, why, why don't you go into um, secondary education and, and go and get a degree or something like that? Yeah. And I was just thinking about it. I was thinking maybe IT, because um, I'm quite good with computers or used to be. Yeah. And then she's like, well, why don't you do something in music? And I was like, do you know what? I've always been interested in music production. Yeah. And it was it was there. So Spirit Studios in Manchester. Right. It's quite a famous sort of place. You can go and do courses there, small courses, or you can do like full BA honours yeah. in music production and, and they give you these world-class studios. How did tutors. you find it? I'm just asking this. I've, I've talked to a few people. There might be one or two on the podcast who's, who's also done it, but how did you find it on an academic level learning? Because um, a lot of people walk away and say... They've learnt like the fundamentals, but they didn't learn anything they couldn't have learnt anyways. But, but and then other people say it's the the greatest sort yeah. of like start they could have, that they could ask for. Yeah, it depends on what course you go on. Yeah, essentially because I did full music production. It was nothing to do with bounce. It was nothing to do with house. It yeah. was it was music. Mm. But so, it, it's, it can be adaptable in that though, can't it? Like once you've got your 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 fundamentals. Of, of what music is you, you can learn to destructure everything and do it in yeah. that way of course you can yeah a, a lot of it was like mic techniques and right. setting up a studio and patching in analog gear and stuff like that yeah and using a big Neve console as big as the room and stuff like that yeah. I had no idea about any of that all I'd done previously and I'm not joking you all the old DVB productions <laughs> tracks I'm being deadly serious so I give you Right. All them lot from that sort of era were done on a laptop, yeah, and a pair of PC speakers. I didn't even have a pair of monitors. That's good because like some of the quality that even still hold up now. Really, some of them like, yeah. play them and it's, it doesn't stand out in a club that you'd think, wait, that was made on a shit set. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they do stand up still. Um, I just knew the room, I guess. Yeah. If you know your room inside out and you know what to listen to, and, and you know if if it sounds a bit boomy in that corner of it and stuff like that, then I think you can get. The sound yeah. that you're after. Well, I, I moved. I moved house <coughs> about two years ago, something like that, and it took me ages to adjust to the room. Yeah, and it's like I was like, "Is it my ears just thinking me or what?" And then once you get used to it, it's like you couldn't imagine going back to how it how it was. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it's weird what a room acoustic acoustically can do to you, like you you, you like decisions and like critical thinking and stuff like that. Like I know now sometimes. I've got like quite a, a dry room now, so the reverb's not that like that bad. But in comparison to the my old house, 
Uh, I had to compensate for that mm. before, and now I know I can be very, very generous with, say, reverb and stuff, yeah. what sounds yeah. right. Whereas before, I was always wary. It sounded a bit boxy, do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, if you spend time treating your room properly and you just listen to loads of music in it, eventually you just sort of... You break. It's not yeah, even a thing you magic, do. It, it just does it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, early on, so you started out as a DJ yeah, and yeah. into the music production. Mm-hmm. Well, what... What did how far did you get with your DJ? Well, um, yeah, so I got me Camdex at twelve. I think I was just on him every night, like every single night. And my mate down the road, called Sam, he used to come up yeah. and he'd be out on him. <laughs> Shout Sam Holden. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he used to come up at us. And then that the year after, I said, "Can I get some techniques?" Because I'd be on all forums, like "Time to Come Alive" and yeah. all that, and everyone was like, on about techniques. So it's like I need some techniques. So I think uh, for a joint birthday and Christmas present, I got uh, some. The pricey ones, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've still got them now, but yeah, I got some techniques. That's good. And I think within about three hours on Christmas Day, Sam came up and accidentally stood on case and cracked all the casing. <laughs> so it's got a bulldog sticker on it to this day. I didn't big crack. <laughs> <laughs> big shock, Sam. <laughs> Just that. Yeah. Uh, but so what was your, your first record then? Because obviously you were mixing on vinyl to begin with. Um, Can you remember? I want to say it was a, I think it was like a password record. Right. It was that, and I got two others. I'm assuming they'd be like a Fitzy Rossi B vinyl or a Bad Behaviour vinyl. Yeah, but. a Bounce DJ, Fitzy yeah. Rossi B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Can you remember what the, the password record was? I used to play James Brown quite a lot, so it could have been that. Right. With Miguel Cerna. Right. You know. um, but, uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, when. I got the techniques. I think when I was 14, I got asked to play at Calamity Jane's club in Burnley. Right, I can't tell that. Yeah, it's closed down yonks ago. But um, I DJed there and I was absolutely like, well nervous. <laughs> so I, I did that and then I started getting booked for Epic Bounce, which was like yeah, around Burnley. Bounce, that yeah. was like a year later. Yeah. And that's how we just kept bumping into each other because we were on the same lineup. Yeah. So. And then after yeah, all our mates were like doing our thing, I think I were eighteen at the time, <laughs> something like that. Because I did used to DJ, but I just yeah. I understand DJing is, is its own craft and stuff, and people get major into it. But for yeah. me, I just like playing my songs. Yeah, that's how I see DJing for me. Yeah, we mm. just kept we just kept bumping into yeah. each other, didn't we? Because like yeah. you were a lot younger and stuff like that, and yeah. it was like I was this this kid getting booked to like do bounce lights and stuff <laughs> yeah. but he did and I remember first time I did Epic Bounce was I, it Epic Bounce 2013 no 2010 was the it first not? one I think oh because I remember seeing the flyers around and that the uh, 13 one I think that was the they came back and oh, figuring okay. Cube and Rat and Star right, okay, I did yeah. that one as well but I, I couldn't I had to take a break because I did the first one and I got me whatever I got paid it went much but um I then got told, yeah, off my mate, it's like, yeah, my mate Rob is like, you get free drinks if you're a DJ. So I'm thick all that 16 year old or something like that, 15 or 16. And I'm constantly going to bar and I'm ordering drinks for me and all my mates. And then um, they're giving it me and then I'm just walking off without paying him. And then I went back and then Bouncer just grabbed me and he actually kicks me out. And I'm, like, I'm DJing. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, better asking the question, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so sure. that didn't go down well. Where does the DJ yeah. come into it for you then? Where, um, you were saying about learning the, the production, the music production side of things. Where was where does the, the, 
first gig coming for you? First gig? I should be able to remember this because I haven't done a right lot, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, right, opposite the, the Royal Darch in Burnley, there's a pub called Britmakers. Yeah. And it was my mates at the time, they sort of blagged the, the landlord to let them have a bit of a, a, a bounce night there. Right. weren't really a bounce night they just used to take decks up there turn lights off and play loud music yeah. and I used to go up there every Thursday and Friday and, and do like a, an hour to two hour set right. up there so that's how I got started class it sounds like it sounds like really good to be fair <laughs> like, <laughs> it, you know it, what it I mean? was okay it was okay proper underground <laughs> but uh, so what type of tunes were you playing to begin with obviously when you got your first gig and you had your first gig what was the because you weren't playing your own productions? No, I was playing like Spanish. I was obsessed with Spanish, mixing, poking vocal. Like, as I said, I used to listen to like Nicky B's and then I'd download like DJ Lara's CDs, yeah, yeah. Miguel Cerna's CDs. And Miguel Cerna's a god when it comes to that stuff. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. These three deck sessions, are just even like the live sets, yeah. they're just mint, aren't they? I remember watching him for the first time live and I was just like... The way he, he like, he, I see, like you see him pacing back and forth when he when he's DJing and like moving around. The concentration you, because obviously he's only constantly mixing like three or four tracks. Yeah. And it's like he, he makes it look effortless. Yeah. yeah. They're just like interacting with the crowd and everything like that. And I'm just like, if that was me, I'd be like, yeah. Phones on. Like, no one else is around me, and and you put it on the show. Then I, I, I feel like it's a proper skill in what he does. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, it's different as well from the way that other people mix, like, especially that round here back then. Yeah, no so, one could replicate the way that they do it. As yeah, well. yeah, even like you see some of the Spanish lot who do it, and it's like you're trying to do what they did, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and they sort of nailed that sort of uh, thing. There was like a few of them, Miguel Serna, Lara was one of them as well. Yeah. Like, I like Raul Soto. Yeah, yeah, people, like that sort of group but then you hear some of them and it's just like they'll just throw it over for the sake of throwing yeah, it yeah. I, mean. I had a Pedro and Poc CD from years ago yeah. and it started off well and then it just started, like they were just throwing anything into it yeah. yeah see there's a few of them who do that and like the this is where I thought a lot of do you know when remember when about 2013 I think I think some of your like stuff was getting overlooked at the time sure because the, the the Spanish boom of that bumping sort of yeah. sound, and a lot of them they were structuring the tracks so they could mix them on the last drop. Yeah, yeah. It was very samey, and it got I think it got boring pretty quick. But at the time, I think that a lot of people were excited because it's like, oh, listen to that sound. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean, whereas I'm like a I play end to end DJ, or I'll play edits of tracks yeah. down because for me, like as you said before, DJ is not my I don't. Not yeah. Main thing. I like producing music. That's, yeah. that's all about. But um, so for you, what 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 was your influences then, like um, DJing wise, when you were when you were playing out when you started? Yeah, I sort of got into DJing by mistake. I'll be completely honest with you. At the time at high school, I was listening to a lot of like pop punk. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a lot of rock and stuff like that. I, I like the odd pop tune as well. I weren't completely out of the loop. Mm-hmm. But I just, like I said, I listened to loads of stuff, and one day my mate high school plays me this this track of some bloke MCing, right. and I just remember thinking, that's that's awful, <laughs> honestly. And uh, slowly and surely, my mates just just 
started playing all this MC. They didn't even call it bounce or anything like that. All they had was MC in. Yeah, MC music. So, yeah, yeah, so the music just got overlooked, and and then it was it was only when I went down to the vinyl shops that you used to go to, and actually listened to some of the songs, and I started liking it a bit more. Yeah. And to be honest, I just bought whatever was in there. A lot of the bad records was in there. Yeah, yeah. Aqua, uh, bouncy beats, bouncing tunes. So, so this must have been about 2007 then. Like this is. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got into it before he did. And yeah. back then, there, there wasn't. Obviously, there was Spanish, but it wasn't. It was. It was yeah. more bounce music at the time. I remember yeah. Electron across the road used to sell CDs of anyone. I think my mate sent me a picture of a CD that I sold him in 2008. I can't imagine what the mixing were like, but I uh, went to uh, Les. I think that's his, yeah, Les for Electro. Like we start selling these CDs for me, and they were like three quid each. They're awful. Uh, the Photoshop skills are terrible, <laughs> and I'm sure he just pretend, just took them back off shelf and just like a week later give me six quid. So, <laughs> but I went across the road to neighbour, knocked on neighbour's door. Like this like six year old bloke came to the door. Like, do you want to buy me CD? He's a kid. He's like, I give you a tenner not to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the tenner. <laughs> I'm walking away, right, Ape. <laughs> the ultimate this. So this is growing my following. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. This is getting clipped. <laughs> no, yeah. hey, that's a belt of that one. Yeah. No. Um, so as you're sort of getting into it, he's networking with people, meeting people uh, who've shared the similar mindset of this is good tunes. Yeah. Locally. Yeah. Locally. Locally, yeah. like. Yeah, for me, all my mates were into it and stuff, and a lot of them put time into to doing MC and stuff like that. I chose the DJing bit, and it just went from there. Every time you meet a new person or someone new turns up, and then you get talking to them, and then you know someone else comes along. So I was I was in a taxi once uh, with my mate Scott. We we're just on our way downtown or something, going on a night out, and this guy gets in, this big guy. Paul Friedrich so oh, yeah, he was yeah. Fred Swift he was foot, his foot rocker yeah. now, and that was the first time I ever met him in a taxi and we just started talking about it he was like oh I'm starting to produce bounce music because like, oh, yeah I am yeah and that's how we we got the illusion DJs going back yeah. in the day see so this is where I was asking it off the pod before as I was saying this area is like there's a massive amount of producers mm. who've came from this 20 mile radius like mm. it is it's unbelievable and like you say you you were getting production and fucking Fred Swift just gets in as well in the taxi and yeah, yeah. doing that as well it's like it's such a it's a small town isn't it yeah, it's a small, small couple town, of towns it, it's, it's massive for, for the bounce music yeah. and stuff like that so um, I was going to mention something there but it sort of left in my mind um, when you said you were into like pop punk and stuff like that do you, do you find that it's got the same energy as bounce it's very like it's very if you go to a pop punk gig because it's like I'm going to say 170 BPM at least and it, when it's playing it's, the, the crowd's got the same energy as a bounce crowd do you know do you know where I'm coming from whereas if you go to like a, a rock concert where it's like yeah. it be Oasis yeah. for instance or someone like, uh, like yeah. that it's a bit more different vibe isn't it and it gives I, I think that's why I enjoy pop punk so much yeah. because it's, it gives you this. I think it gives you the same energy yeah. I go to the gym it's the only two genres of music I listen to yeah and I know I don't look like I go to the gym like <laughs> I do I promise um, so yeah you're talking about illusion uh, illusion DJs what, so is that how it happened for you there so it's literally the taxi and it was like kind of yeah um, th- there wasn't a platform to put my music on as such back then 
there was only a few things. So Paul had connections and stuff. He he'd done fluids previously, and he knew Nick, mm. and he knew Lewis LP. So he was just sending them to them, and then they were playing them, and that's that's kind of. I don't. I can't tell you how it how it grew from there. I can tell you how my own stuff grew. And I used to have a bit of a technique, but as far as illusion DJs went, it just he he handled all that stuff, and I was just in not so even what, the studio. I just used to make the tracks really. Yeah. What was the situation there then? Were you doing your own solo stuff and the illusion? DJ yeah, stuff? yeah. 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 Oh, okay. That makes sense. We learned off each other essentially. Paul was he spent a lot more time on the production side of things, the mixing techniques. Stuff like that. Whereas I just wanted to, I just wanted to smash down something that that was melodic. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. it always came naturally to me that the way I write riffs for my tracks, I write them in my head. Yeah, yeah. I'll be whistling something for like two weeks and then think, actually, that could fit in there, and I'll just go and lay lay it down before I forget it. Yeah, that's interesting. That see, we're also in in a generation where you have to, you do do it all yourself, whereas. I've watched a few documentaries and that, and it's like um, bands of the past, and it's like they'll go in the studio. They're musically talented; they'll do it, but they've they've got a producer there who mm. who doesn't really get credited on it unless you're looking at the deep parts of the book of the, the album or whatnot. Yeah, and it's like <coughs> they'll produce it, they'll they'll polish it, they make it sound amazing. Um, but they're like the musicians. Now we have to do all of them processes ourselves. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to, but yeah. It, it's if there's one thing I've learned from from them three years and going out and working with the producers and bands and stuff like that and, and, and booking time slots and all that stuff, the only person I believe you can rely on is you. Yeah. If you want it done a certain way and on time, yeah. it's you. And yeah. I, th- I think it's, if you can learn all these processes, if you've got all the mixing down and mm-hmm. you understand compression and all that stuff and you know you understand like a bit of theory behind what you're building when you make a track, yeah. it's not just like, I don't know, 50 bars of the same thing. Yeah. Then you save yourself money, number one, yeah. and you can do it when you want and you get it to a standard that you want. Yeah. It's only when, like you say, that if maybe if you're not so good at mastering or you don't know how to master just yet that you bring someone in, but... I think the more things you can do as a producer, yeah. it, it's just mu- so, so much more beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely, definitely. Um, so when you when you were doing your solo stuff and the Illusion DJ stuff, um, at what point did you think you'd like leveled up where you like, I can make a, a, a track to a standard now? Like, I think for you, uh, when you moved to DVB, when you changed your name... Do you nah, know? I think the first track where I made it and I was like, I think this is really good, it was a uh, Illusion DJ's remix of Amigos Forever. Uh, right. I don't know okay, if you've heard that or not. It's floating out there somewhere. Yeah. It, it still was I still wasn't happy with it. Yeah. But for it's at a standard like it, it, it'd be good enough to it it pass on a yeah. night. Yeah. I think. And and I like I can relate to that feeling of like when you've done that, that track where you're like, this could fit in a set with lots of other tracks that's mm. by other people and it's like right it's clicked now for me and now that's when the real learning curve starts once once you've got yourself to that like basis of right so this is how the music works now I can be creative because like at first when you when you make tracks you, you, you think to yourself like I'll sound like this I'll sound like this I'll try and replicate this because I know it works but when once you've got that set standard of of a, a track that you're happy with where it's like that could fit in a set it's like mm. now I can be experimental with what I do now I can try things like you said there you whistling riffs in your head and you're like 
all that could fit there. Mm. Whereas before you get to that standard, you're like you're just trying to replicate what other people have done in the past. Yeah, 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 I think everyone does. Yeah, that's, that's everyone that's what does. I mean, though yeah. they naturally yeah. it just comes naturally to to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's and a nice feeling when it clicks. So isn't it like where you're like you it is? But there's also that thing of have you ever have you ever been like oh my god I'm 100 percent on this track it's quality and then you send it to a DJ and they put their mix on SoundCloud or whatever it is. And then you listen to like twenty minutes of great sounding stuff, and then yours comes in, yeah. and it's like you just think, oh, actually, yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got, a, I've got a bit of way to go yet. Yeah. And you feel a little bit deflated. It's a constant battle in your head. Yeah. No matter how how long you've been producing music, even now we're still not happy are we, sometimes with tunes. Like it'll be like, how many sessions do you reckon we've got on this this mix down now before it's ready? And I'm like another two. <laughs> It's like another two. Why? <laughs> it's like, but things take time. Yeah. Little details take time. Yeah. People, people have asked me before. How do you get your like now? My music now, yeah. not not back then. How how do you get your like songs to sound so aggressive? Because I think they do have kind of an aggressive feel to them. Yeah. And they always want an answer of it's this plugin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Use this. It's yeah. it's every tune's different with every sample. Yeah, everything's got its own sort of. It's a groove, man. isn't it? It's a feeling. Yeah. It's more. It's not. You can't just say, "Listen, you stick this EQ on here." It's literally like you need to get the sound right. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's, it's, it's very ever. very small adjustments and and small things that all yeah. add up to make a big yeah, yeah. sort of final product. Well, obviously, which is hard to understand when you when you're getting going and stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because everyone thinks it's a formula, and it's not. It's no. it is trial and error mm. of, and to an extent, research and development of. Well, how did they get that? So, like someone might listen to Josh and go, "How did they get so aggressive?" And then they'll start playing around with trying to replicate what you do. And it's like, and it's like, I can't get it exact, but I can get like a, I can get an aggressive feel in a different way. Yeah, there's just the, 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 there is that to it. Do you know what I mean? There's a million and one ways to do anything in music production. Not, yeah. not one way is the right way. No, no. it's all about the, the final sound. You know. Well, I was doing uh, my research, obviously, because I'm a really good host and stuff like that. And uh, I was looking for your videos, and uh, you did a, a breakdown on one of your tracks. Um, Put it on me, is it that one? Put it on me. Yeah, yeah and, and so you, uh, you, you, you put, like, uh, the kick and uh, the loops and the, the melody and everything like that, all in separate things, and then what it sounds like together. Uh, I like doing that myself, um, but... When you did it, it's like you can see that as a as a producer, I, I would say I know a little bit that to some people it might look simple where you're just like, oh, that loops there, this, but it's it's getting the right loop with the right sound and the right riff sound with the right melody, yeah. um, and you can like if you break it down, you can break it down into simple steps, but it's all the trial and error of getting the all that glued together correctly. Do you know where I'm coming mm. from? So like. We we do use a lot of loops, um, but we don't just plaster one loop over one loop over one loop over yeah. one loop no, because no. you get a ton of harsh frequencies. Yeah, that's you it. get massive amounts of mush. It's about how you put them in and sort mm. of we we tend to have like a main one or two, mm. and then the ones underneath we'll use for like dynamic dynamic yeah. bits. Really, yeah. we cut out our main sort of percussion yeah. on a verse and then smash it back in the chorus, and that's why the chorus sounds a bit fatter. Yeah. that sort of thing it's like the idea of dynamics well this is what I've found I know that we're sort of going off your story here but um, when you when you're producing a track and I've worked with a couple of people and they'll just throw three loops in that sound 
similar to each other, and it's like, but it's covering the same. This is gonna be fucking geeky, but it's covering the same <laughs> frequency area, and it's like all three of them are playing a ride on the kick, like mm. or, or or something along them lines, or they're, they're playing um, like a shaker. They're hitting in the exact same places. It's like yeah, it's, it's pointless because it's just as you say, it's causing the mush. Yeah. It, it can come from just inexperience really yeah. I think a nice analog modelled compressor yeah. if you smash that on a loop if you're trying to add loops that sound the exact same to get it to sound bigger yeah. put a compressor on there an FET style compressor yeah. and then just dial it in at a big ratio and it will make it blast it'll, make mm. it sound, it'll sound crushed but it'll bring all the sounds up yeah. the harmonics and stuff like that it's just, it's just knowing how to do these things isn't it and as well some like I I've tried to explain to there's a guy who messages me and he's, he's he's at the very very early stages of his production and he's he's like he's doing the same thing where he just he's putting all the same sounds but because the sound rushy and fast yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he thinks that they'll all work together and it'll make it rushy and faster but it's actually just muddying it up yeah and I'll say listen if you you get the loops to do different jobs so if you've got one that's got like a, a like a, a little snare hit that just gives it a little bit more groove and then yeah. you've got one that's got the fast pace sort of shaker or hi-hat and then once you lay them together they might not sound great but then that's when you do you'll, you'll write, check out this one down, yeah. take one out put another one in it is essentially just trial and error yeah. isn't it that's, that's what it is but I think that's, that's, where, that's where experience comes in yeah I think we every tune we start now is all we pick samples don't we we change the kick change the bass usually but we try to but yeah sometimes though, you always go I, back I was, I was talking to Fitzy about it and it was like if we put tracks out when I was in that studio he was saying that it, it, it can tell it's me straight away yeah. yeah and Ross said it and I said the same to them I was like if you've done work and I, I just hear a random track I know it's you yeah. no matter if you've used this you've yeah. used like a completely different kit you've used completely different percussion you've used sounds and synths that you've never used before yeah. it ends up sounding like you I think it does you can tell in your mixing techniques absolutely like you, you a million miles same with Fitz and that as well like Fitzy and Ross they, they've just got mixing techniques that, that just gives away their production yeah. style and it's I think it's a good signature sound yeah. it's not yeah. a bad thing by any stretch because you can use a complete set of new sounds, but you've still got the DVD It still keeps sounds. it interesting, but it, you, you yeah. keep your identity, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, I think it's fantastic. It's like, you say, say a rock band, Yeah. in 10 years, if they put out four albums in 10 years, they're not going to start changing, all, oh, we're going to have some, we're going to have this and that. They have mm. guitars, they, yeah. they have their tone, they have yeah. a drum kit, they have their tone. Their sound doesn't drastically change. No. It like, might evolve slightly. Yeah, it's like the Arctic Monkeys though, isn't it? Like, the Arctic Monkeys, when, when they started to what they are now, they're still using the exact same instruments, but yeah. just in a different way. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the new stuff. No, I don't. Like the old stuff. It's, it's just one of them things. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we sort of went off subject there, but I think I think production people who... Like, the people who's messaging me, asking me to get you guys on, is essentially producers who... Yeah. There is a, an odd DJ who said it, but, but producers are interested in hearing about your production so we're going to talk about it do you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so yeah I just want to move on from that um, where did the DVB name come from then because you said when you changed <laughs> uh, yeah okay right <laughs> well my oh, do I have to say that my old DJ name used to be DJ Viper B yeah I can remember that yeah <laughs> so he already knows and uh, at the time 
someone else gave me that name. He said, "What about what about DJ Viper?" And someone else said, "We can't do that because there's an MC somewhere called Viper." Yeah. And I was just like, I'll just stick a B on the end and spell it a little bit weird. Yeah. So then I'll never get, you know, oh, you copied that name. So, I, yeah. It is quite distinctive, to be fair. It was just one day I was sat at my girlfriend's house at the time with a pair of headphones on a laptop and I opened up Fruity Loops that I used at the time, FL. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I'd go for a, a, another name. So I just I just shortened the D, V and, and B and that was it. It's a little bit better than my yeah. You don't have to tell the story so, now. It, it just any, says dumb verse it, Ben. It, it didn't have, <laughs> that's what it stands for now. Yeah. Or it should have been BVB then in that case. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it is what it is. Well, at least people know. Yeah. Um, and it's a better name I think than, than, than Viper B. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> there's still people, right? I go on the Burnley games and stuff and there's still some lads who I see from back then yeah. and they'll walk past and go, Viper B? <laughs> I was like, will you not? Yeah. Will you not call me that? <laughs> I'm going to start calling it. Where, yeah. where did that, that name come from? What, Viper B? Yeah. What? yeah, my mate just, I was looking for a DJ name and he said, well, Isn't DJ Viper's pretty catchy. I didn't I didn't have anything that meant out. Oh, just, right, I thought there was some sort of link to like. No, no I, d- I didn't want to have a name that was like like Ben S or. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I just wanted to have something, you know. Different. Or fails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of moving forward then. Um, at what point did you think that you started putting out the good tunes? My earliest memory of the DVB stuff is sort of you did um, like get up and dance. You did um, uh, it's over. You did that with who was that with? No, you didn't do it's over, did you? It's over. No, Don't think you so. didn't do that. No, it was uh, oh, what was the other tune that I, I heard? And I was just like, this is good. The it give you maybe no well give you is an obvi- the obvious one but there was one more that you did and my mind's gone blank it's going to do me head in this yeah, uh, some old tunes see if it see if it rings a bell The Wind Blows Make Me Fly that was an old one Make Me Fly Make Me Fly was good yeah, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't that it was um, rather get oh head. my god my mind's gone blank it's <laughs> doing me head in because it's like no I, reason I as well. what? no, no reason. reason there yeah. you go no reason yeah I like the ones I like the I like the you did like Heart of Asia as well but like that was the last tune I did before I quit yeah um, no reason was the one I was thinking of that he's like still, I still play that now again I'm not happy with the production on that I listen back and I think oh it's a bit muddy is that and I could have tightened up that, that low end and stuff I think personally it of its time right I think that it gives off the perfect vibe you were going for I think if you tied it there's tunes out there if you tidied up too much do you know when the when you listen to a rock band and they're not like 100% bang on and it's like it gives still them their flavour like do you know what I mean I think that's got the top players as well isn't it no reason it's got the on top SoundCloud. players on SoundCloud as that yeah. but like, like you say like definitely maybe Oasis yeah that production on there, if you compare it to the, some of the newer stuff, it's yeah. nowhere near as good, but it has a, an edge. It, yeah, it, no, it's edge. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, they did that thing, they did that brick wall compression again on there when they produced it because they wanted them to sound like what they sound like live. Yeah. Rather than. When they, I've heard the recordings from the original, um, definitely, maybe, and they're not good. They're, they're, yeah. like, they're, they're very weak. It's, mm. it's a studio album and it doesn't sound great. Whereas. But that doing the production like as if it was live give them that edge, and I think when you listen to tracks like No Reason, um, even give you as well. I think they've got it's got like a rawness that that I think some producers in two thousand and twenty three can't have. 
because they're, they're either polishing the track up too much or they don't know how to get that, that I don't want to say feeling, but like... Do you, do think, you, know we, do you think we still have that edge now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, that's, what, that's why I said when, uh, you can tell your, your mix downs uh, when I hear them, it's just like... It's, it sounds purpose, purposefully mixed in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, don't take that as like a dig or anything like no, that. No, no, but no. It, you've mixed it in a way that, that you've still... Do you know when this, you said that like Fit Team Ross said to you about you can tell when one of your tunes come on? The energy in the room sometimes picks up when you place one of your new tunes versus a 2023 production. Mm. So... That's why. That's why I think people. That's why I think they've said that to you personally. I can't, obviously can't speak for them, but when when I hear one of your, you can feel the energy in the track pick up. Um, I don't know what you've done, and you probably sit there and like sort of work it out. But it, as you say, it is just a collection of all small things coming together. Yeah, when you compare the give views, it's like it's, I, I spend, day and night. I, I spend it? a lot of time with with mixing tools, essentially. Mm. Like sometimes more than I need to. Yeah. I guess but I don't know I can't not do it now I can't not do it so mm. I'll like pull up an EQ and I'm dipping tiny little bits that I hate and stuff yeah. and then boosting it but then once I've boosted it another frequency that I hate yeah. will be right up there so I'll put an, an active EQ on there just to dip that out and that and I've got three different reverbs going and I just I can't not do it Yeah. If it, I always I always yeah. set out so when, we, when we start year. a track <laughs> <laughs> when Sometimes we, we set out to make something that's a bit chilled out. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the end of it, it's just like... It's got layer upon layer upon layer, isn't it? It's not, it's not doing it for me. Let's just do yeah. it like we, all, we usually do. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. Do you not find that um, you've, you've got this sound? I think there's a lot of people in the same, the same thing. One of the prominent ones is like an Alex K. Alex K has got a certain sound. And he, if he comes back and does something different, people are not... Bothered the one he yeah, I know what you mean. With the first verse, verse repeat, we tried every song with like a different sort of style. Yeah, like you had Rabbit in a Hat. We'd never really done that before. Yeah, that sort of style. And then yeah. that, then when you compare to where you are that we've recently done, mm. that were completely different again. Yeah, but I don't think that did as well as we thought it'd do. Yeah. as like a, a normal bounce track that we'd normally it's nice make. to mix it up now and again yeah, yeah it is to throw yeah. a curveball out there because if you do the same if I opened the same project yeah. and did every track there's that exact same project people yeah. would lose interest yeah absolutely um, that being said I think if if you came back when you did after the 2013 break and you come back with a whole new sound I think it maybe fizzled out for you. It did. Whereas you still had the same sort it of. It did. It did, honestly, mate. I was really down about it. Yeah. I came back in 2019 and I put a post on. People were messaging and all that stuff saying, I can't wait for this and all that. And I put out a, the Love EP, it's called. Yeah. I think one track of it still exists on our SoundCloud. But they weren't good enough. Yeah. Looking back, I tried. Was it to, not, was it, they weren't good enough or was it simply. That it didn't the, have the DVB vibe. It was different, yeah, it was different, wasn't it? I, I don't think the mix down was particularly well. Um, I'm only sort of happy now, really, the standard that I'm at, that I, I think I'm happy. But, yeah, I was all over the show, I was on a pair of headphones, then I was going back to Manchester and using these big studios. So, like you say, when knowing a room and stuff like that, yeah. I didn't really know anywhere that I was trying, yeah. to, trying to do it. And I, because I've not made a bounce track for... 
how many so ever years it was four or five years I tried to cram as many ideas as I possibly could into this track and it ended up at about eight and a half minutes long yeah that's like all bag in the pudding isn't it that's yeah. What it is. yeah yeah it just flopped basically people were telling me they were commenting saying you're you, every start, uh, every song you used to put out was rushy and now it, it just sounds like it's missing something yeah and when I listen to the love I agree it is it's missing a lot really mm. I think it's it's good to know that you have a little bit of a of a diehard following there though like they've anticipated your return yeah they've um, um and they've voiced that it's it's not the same I having said that do you know what that track fall from the sun that I did with him he worked part of DVB then no. but that was the one that people were like that's good yeah that was the only one that was like oh he's back that back. was the third track we did wasn't it yeah because that really twisted your arm to get that vibe back <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, we'll sort of move on from like so. You, you took a break in two thousand and thirteen um, from the production, just dropped it completely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was the decision? Was that was it because you just thought it's getting a bit, a bit boring? Or I just I don't know. I drifted apart from the lads who I used to spend time with that were into bounce. Yeah. I so it just happened naturally. My mates changed. I was I got in a band. I was listening to a lot more of what I used to listen to before yeah. I started. Because bounce, when you get once you get started, it's like you can't stop, and before mm. you know it, you're not listening to anything else. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I just felt it was right. I, I didn't want to make it anymore. Yeah. What's the band you were in? Or, 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 uh, the, what they called? I'm still with them now, yeah. and they're called Northern Social, and we we do basically like '90s indie covers. Right. So we play Oasis, Stone Roses, then we do like Kasabian, right. Foo Fighters. And have you got any stuff, stuff uh, like any original stuff on SoundCloud? Nah, on it's, it's, or it's not an originals band. Basically, oh. we, we have loads of gigs throughout the year, like yeah. local pubs and clubs and stuff, and we just go and have a good time. Oh, a few great. drinks and play. It's good. I like it. It is good. Um, so for you in 2013, what was the where were you at? Um, uh, I think I'd just done Fluids. They were like a, a DJ comp uh, for Fluids vs Sopranos, and it, like they'd just come back. And I've won the comp for the fluid side. Were you on back to back with Johnny B? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a good memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that, and then later on in the year, uh, it might be Mad Friday. There were another fluids, and uh, LP booked me again. So I'm buzzing about that. I'm happy with that. And then um, that was the year that we did the first tune together. Right. What was that? Uh, in the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the moment, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, so. Um, so, just I'm just trying to gauge what what you were aiming for at this time. Was was fluids or the, like that? Was that the that was the massive? Aim? Yeah, yeah, that like was massive that, for me. Around here, that is a big thing. Isn't yeah, it? like it was the. It was. I always wanted to do fluids, and yeah. I've, I've never got to. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm well happy with that. Um, but uh, I think after that, we, I went around to do the first tune, and then that's when I got like the bug. So a few months later, I think I was asking to come and do another tune here, and we did we were in my house. That's what it was called. Yeah, we did that. That and, rings a bell. I can't, I can't remember what it. Off the top of my head, I can't yeah. hear it in my head. But the process, we're like we're going a cappellas for you, if you remember that. <laughs> And we'd literally just type in random words or random like names. Just type we? a random acapellas for you, right? Type type a random girl's name. Oh, yeah. And just see what comes up. And then we just play them. anything. And that like, yeah, we'll use that. That, that way we used to find it. That is a technique and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I do that on splice though. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of times as well where we'd made a tune and like stood up like making a tune and then we'd listen to it in the morning and be like, delete, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah we did. We once had a few beers and made this track and we were like, Oh man, what That's the best track ever. So yeah. good. Woke <laughs> up in the morning, listened to it, delete. just looked at each other and deleted it. <laughs> How did you end up making tunes together then? Like, what was obviously you said you were, you were passing and and whatnot, but where was it a conversation where you like? I think I just started talking more, didn't we? At gigs well, basically, and... you, you grew up, didn't you? You started yeah. going on lads' holidays, and he became an adult essentially. Yeah. And then we were just messaging and stuff, and then we said, "Fancy a beer or something? You want to come round to mine for a beer?" And then it must have been then we were like, "Fancy having a go at a track?" Yeah. Just yeah. Right, that's how it worked yeah. right so sort of moving forward obviously you would were you still DJing past sort of like the 2013 no I stopped because um, I don't know I, st- I might have just got into house music you did I think. so I started playing a couple of gigs locally just house music yeah. and that like, bounce kind of died off for me uh, I was still making like CDs like, yeah. with my mate Rob and we moved forward and then I think I like, Around 2018, I started like getting back into it, and then yeah. obviously Ben got back into it in 2019. So that's when we made Fall for the Sun yeah. together. So that was down as a collaboration at that time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you did this. It, it did pretty well that tune, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember hearing it the house version, like, and I was like, we need to do a bounce mix of this. Yeah. So then, obviously, you started to build momentum in, into in 2019 doing a couple of tunes of that together um, then the pandemic comes along yeah. etc um, had you had any gigs when you came back like in the 2018-19 no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no obviously just find your feet again but so there must have been a conversation had during lockdown where you're like this is what DVB is now yeah yeah. Um, it wasn't that though it was after yeah we were just going to do the EP we just just feet dumb out weren't it just to kill a bit of time really yeah Yeah, I wanted to do something different I wanted to do something harder yeah you were up for it and then we just got on Zoom and started knocking these these tracks out that was actually one point where I didn't have an idea we just sat down and started making something so you said so I don't know if you remember but you said this off pod you said um, you never used to sit in, in the front of the computer for, uh, for those listening, they said you didn't you sit in front of the computer. You used to have an idea structured first before you actually sat down and done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so this was sort of brand new to you then, essentially doing it this way. Yeah, yeah. The process was, and it still is to this day. Apart from when I get stuck and stuff, and yeah. that melts me out. Obviously, was I just I'd be whistling summer around the house. I'm, I'm a whistler. I'm always going like. <laughs> 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 and then I think and I'm like oh I can maybe put that in there and make a riff there and stuff do you do voice notes? yeah I do, yeah. Yeah, I do voice notes yeah. <laughs> when you're going, going around shopping and someone's looking at you and you're looking at your phone and that like uh... I think we chat together he's just a basically voice notes what, what do you think of this? what do you think of this? yeah um, so you decided to um, sort of be a duo on that together uh, what was the, the the ideas going forward then when when this happened? Um, were you gonna like you said off pod as well? You get together like once a week and stuff like that. Were you dedicating that time to making something of the the project sort of thing? We was, did six foot, didn't we, for that house? So we started making house music together, and we, then we, we, yeah, we did the first vice versa EP together. Mm-hmm. 
And after that, we just fancied a break. Yeah. It was like, what do you what do you reckon to a bit of house? I'd never done house music. Yeah. I'd, that's one thing I'd never tried. So we we made a, a new alias called Six Foot and started knocking some house stuff out. Yeah. It was just you know, it's I guess I, I, when I came back, I'd lost the thing of I'm going to be a massive producer in house. I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted to get back to doing for fun basically that's, yeah that's a, it's about and I, made, I made music for me yeah essentially I think that I think that's the problem with a lot of people I think they come along and they try to do um, people please and, and then that's why they, there's a cycle of DJs that come year in year out and then they'll pop their head in and then they'll leave for a few come back yeah it's if you make it for yourself you realise you're just in a blink of an eye ten years has gone by that's the way I see it like uh, these last six, seven years to me has just take shit out of it. A minute ago it was 2014. Up until about 2014, 15, I was doing things to make people pleasing. Yeah, yeah. And I never really properly <coughs> thought of, truthfully, I thought, I'm going to fuck this off. Um, it's not working for me. I'm not happy doing it. I feel like I'm losing too much of my time doing this. And then when I decided to do it for myself, make yourself happy, make tunes for yourself. It's like, it's kind of good, this. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that realisation of, and then in a blink of an eye, eight years has gone by, do you know what I mean? Um, so I think that, first and foremost, anyone who produces music, and uh, obviously is agreed, that you should do it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, if you would, if, if your if your tracks are your own favourite songs, mm. then you know you've actually, you made something that somebody's going to care about other than yourself, yeah. surely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's where we agree now, don't we? Mm. Every tune is a different sort of idea and it's just what we like now it's not like mm. what could sound what everyone else is doing we'll just yeah, do we're what not, we're we not going to put that in because people like it or yeah it's just what we like yeah like, even, like dinky leads and stuff like that yeah I just think they've been absolutely rinsed yeah in every way possible and I will never touch a dinky lead and use it as a main part unless it's like layered with stuff and mm-hmm. and like properly mixed in there People like, uh, we listened to a lot of demos, didn't we, with the comp and stuff like that. There's a lot of people like with music on SoundCloud and stuff. As soon as I hear a dinky lead and it's just dry, nowadays, I'm just like, next. I think that a lot of people, um, uh, I don't want to put this in like a negative spin or, or, or whatnot, but yeah, I think a lot of people see it as, um, they'll hear it now and it's like, Oh, everyone else likes this, so I need to use it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is as well, well I people pleasing. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's a popular thing. I've got to use it. You don't. Yeah. And another thing as well, I think that a lot of people do it when they've run out of ideas. Because, mm. like, if you're in the studio and you don't have a, an idea, it's like, well, we'll just do what works, and then you just you find yourself using a dinky lead again. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I do use dinkies now and again. Um, I think it's a core because if you if you do. Uh, defer away from bounce too much you find your tunes don't do as well because it's not what everyone's used to but as you say if you if you, if you use them smartly yeah. lay them up um, don't make them so prominent in the mix then yeah just no just to make that clear them. that is about like dry dinky leads yeah. just smashed in there yeah it's just I think if you use them right they can if be, you use them right work. and it's not every tune and it's yeah. not like absolute main focus of the track then go for it whatever works but yeah that's just the kind of a people pleasing thing that I think yeah. a lot of producers would try and do because they're like, oh, bounce music, I've got to use this. Yeah. 
And I think as soon as people stop using it, and use alternatives as well. I think that's when people get their own identity because mm. up in if you if you use there's only so many dinkies that you can use that doesn't sound like somebody else. Yeah. So it's like you use that that sounds like the clubheads or that sounds like Alex K. Do you know what? it's like it's it's one of them things. It's like you need to be innovator. You don't you don't copying people's. You never got never. No one's gonna ever look at you and go. He was a good uh, Alex, Alex K. Tribute him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It, he, you haven't got your own identity, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're, you're who you are, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe a lot of people don't like you as much as Alex Care, but if you keep pushing that, that sound and you have got that core fan base there, who's to say in 20 years' time that you're not looked at in the same Alex Keys with the same sort of fan base? Yeah, he came back though, didn't he, Alex Care? Mm. And that was like a dinky stab. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind it, but he was like, he'd not done anything different from. Ten years ago, like the same sort of tune. Yeah, I think everyone does. There is an evolution of sounds, and like when you hear your your earlier stuff, and then you listen to the stuff you're doing now, there's there is a night and day difference mm. in your your musically, so much better. That'll be me. But, um, <laughs> but um, you out. <laughs> But at the same time, like you've you have kept the original feel. Some people lose, like I said before, some people lose that original feel. They might get better musically, but they're, they're yeah. capturing the capturing the same vibe as maybe they once were. Um, that's what that's what we struggled with, or I struggled with, because he weren't with me just yet. Yeah. It was trying to find something new and different and put different bits in, but like exactly as you say, keep yeah. what they liked originally. Yeah. I think that we've got that now. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. Um, sort of moving forward, then um, after you started doing stuff together, uh, did you notice you started getting a couple of bookings and stuff like that? I've seen your your name on a couple of flyers. In fact, I've told you a complete lie because when you said, "Did I get any bookings after I came back?" Yeah, I did, and it was Kente who booked that? me. It was uh, a bouncing sopranos. Right, a pure. It was a winter, a Christmas thing. Oh, oh I can remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a blue and yellow flyer, if I remember rightly? I can't remember, I can't remember something yet. I think it was green. Oh, I remember miles off the <laughs> flyer, but yeah, that, that were, without doubt, the, the biggest gig I'd ever done. Yeah. Apart from Club Doubt yeah. over in, in Thingy. Is that Newcastle, yeah? Uh, Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah, yeah. Sunderland, yeah. Um, so when you when you come back then, uh, we use, I use DJing as a, as a duo when you when you decided to do this so is that you, what's the formula behind it what are you doing yeah it's just yeah there's a duo yeah like we'll turn up to a gig together and we're, we're both good at different things yeah. and it works mm-hmm. you know you get two blokes who are great at producing neither are that good at DJ and neither are that good at social media mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah he's, he's great at stuff like keeping up with social media and he puts hours and hours into making videos and mm-hmm. and publishing them and stuff and keeping like an activity on the Facebook page mm. yeah. whereas I I just don't you wouldn't post I, I that all, you? <laughs> I, I think I've post three times in the last year <laughs> on that page I've noticed that DVB is more um, active, active on social media than it, than it once was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah all, like, the, like, all the mixes are him it does like all, all the yeah. basically everything that's DJing is done unless we do live yeah, yeah. so when you're, when you're live right what obviously I've, I've did a, a manic set with John a couple of weeks back. 
what's your formula? Do you just do one tune each? Two oh, we do two tune each, two mixes each. But like at the summer session, like I'll be on decks for two mixes, and you'll be getting crowd going. <laughs> Energy's there. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I just thought, you know what? I'm going up stage. <laughs> I'm walking up stage, and I'm coming down and shaking people's hands and stuff, and like, come on, and all that stuff. I yeah. guess that's why. Energetic. If there's two of you, right? And ju- I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just if, if, if someone's just stood behind the decks and they're looking at the decks, yeah. and there's no crowd. Yeah, interaction. People will remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, try and put on a show. Yeah, yeah. it's not just the yeah. DJ set, is it? Like we had know? people messaging us, didn't we? The day after seeing like best set now or great set, and yeah. it, like, I can't believe how much energy you two have got. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But, so, a couple of questions because obviously we have the same uh, we have the same argument. Me, me and John. Do you do you argue who uh, who plays what tune? No, no, I don't think so. You no, no. Or, or do you shock when who goes first or flip a coin or like that? No, I always go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's a captain aboard this ship. And it's not dumb. <laughs> I'm joking. We're 50 50, but yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I started it first, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair enough, yeah. I wouldn't have any argument. <laughs> so I'll give you my USB next time. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously we talked about the, the summer sesh there. Um, so obviously that was a gig that you did when you was, as a, together when you came back. Um, how was that? Was it good to play out? Because I don't, I wasn't there, so I don't know what you've played or anything like that. So we, I assume you've played new music and some of your old bits as well. Or yeah, we always trying to fit some old bits in, you know, yeah. for nostalgia. Yeah, and the crowd loved like the old tunes as well. How did you feel that you're doing these tunes together and like um, when you go out and play them out you're getting the re- like the reaction and response of stuff that you've made it feels good doesn't it yeah of course it does yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like it's an accomplishment that people like your music as well as you <laughs> uh, it's no yeah, point yeah. just you, you liking it if you see something go down I think you know mm. I think you know which ones are going to do well in a club yeah the ones with a big drop or yeah, yeah. that imagination you know yeah. don't you yeah yeah. Is there any is there anything you played say within that set and maybe it's like a section of the track and you're like fucking that's went off more than I was expecting or um oh the new ones I don't know I'm not sure I think where you are did go down well at some sesh I'm always surprised that our uh, mate before I goes down yeah everyone loves I it I think everyone knows it though it's just one of them I- as soon as that kicks in with that vocal it, yeah. the, the room changes it's like all the girls are like oh, I had this on my phone <laughs> you know, that stuff yeah it's- I don't know the pre-party before we came <laughs> but that, that's good that's good so have you done any other gigs um, in that time in this time here uh, we did flexing flexing for Luca. Yeah, that were not before the summer session. Oh, well, no, it, it, since you came back, I mean. So was that was that yeah. mode? Yeah, no, they were hidden. 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 Oh, hidden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't get booked an awful lot. Yeah. And Book it, them. They're really talented. It's, <laughs> honestly, it's just I think we're known as producers. Yeah, it's sometimes you get that 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 thing where you are you're a producer more than anything. Yeah, it's yeah. like more so with you guys as well. Um, I think a lot of the the DJs who are more DJs do you know what I mean yeah. DJs on the circuit active are playing your stuff so yeah. we, don't, like, we don't make the tunes to get booked but it'd be nice to the, play it out the, tra- the tracks go everywhere we yeah. send them to loads and loads of, of big DJs well yeah. in, in bounce and stuff Yeah, they go to John Neal and all that caper yeah. so they do get played 
they get played all the time. That's the thing, though. Is it like uh, people not booking booking you off the back of the fact of maybe? Oh well, I know that maybe someone's going to play one of their tunes, one or two of their big tunes. I don't so, think so because yeah. Fitz and Ross are still getting booked every other week. And yeah. Heads up, I said this to Nathan the other day. I said, Why do you two get booked all the time? We don't. <laughs> I said that to him on messenger the other day. Yeah, but um, as I say, I think I, this is just me personally. I seen when the summer sesh got dropped, the flyer for it, and the lineup was there. I was just like, That's refreshing to see you guys on there. Like, I was just like, yeah, well. that, that, It's one of the times where I'll see an actor, but like, probably go. Probably go. I'd probably go to that, you know, because there's not much that I've seen hundreds of sets by different people and thousands of sets all over the years, and like obviously people do change it up and stuff like that, but it'd be good to see you guys play out. I've never seen you play out live, so mm. for that night, Kenty said it's all about the producers tonight. Yeah, and it put on a lot of like names that we haven't heard of or yeah people that don't get like us really that, yeah, that yeah, make yeah. tunes and stuff and people know but they're not known as to like play out yeah and I think that's that's good that it is it's it's a it's almost like a nod just like a, a cheers for yeah, yeah. contributing do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's, I like the the ethos of what what he does because you see some names and I'm like well, who's this guy or like cause I tried to keep my, my sort of finger on the pulse with um Every, who everyone is in the scene and what they're up to and at what level they yeah, are yeah. and like how good are their productions are and then when when I see some of them I'm like fair play you just deserve that yeah yeah it's good, it's good that like you know what not that no one else is booking you but yeah no one else is booking you and now you're getting a booking showcase what you got it's like you said like some people say it was the best set of the night yeah like if it's the best set of the night somewhere it's at least going to be second or third or fourth best set, like best set of the night somewhere else as well yeah, yeah. so it's you say that, but then people always have the favourites, don't they? Oh yeah. So yeah. Everyone else on that lineup, there were people going yours were the best set of the night. Yeah, it's only yeah. a matter of opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But if you get the reactions, then there's not like the, my big thing is as well. If the big names are playing your tunes, there's there's no argument needed why you shouldn't be on that lineup. In my opinion. Yeah, I think that I'm Dom's a little bit more in the loop with people. Mm-hmm. Like I've never spoken to yourself mm-hmm. he obviously had but I am nowhere in bounce mm-hmm. I just don't connect with anyone outside of some producers who I work with and I talk to Yeah, like Greeny Leon Ross yeah. uh, Bon Lee Andy T I speak to Yeah, that type, that type of thing I have no friends or contacts in this scene whatsoever I just don't a lot of the time it is like yeah, uh, someone used the analogy once on the podcast I can't remember who it was and I apologise but they said, like, you could be the best DJ ever. You could have these fabulous mixes in there. But no one's going to drive by your house and say, fucking hell, he's good, him. I'm going to book you. Yeah, yeah. Set. Like, you need to put yourself <coughs> in there. people's faces. Yeah. Shop window, that's what it is, isn't it? Uh, even if you do put yourself in a shop window, a lot of the time you won't. People still won't pick you, but at least you, you're actively trying to. Mm. Uh, you've got no excuse to go, fucking hell, why am I not getting booked? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry for swearing <laughs> but yeah um, well, it's, it's, it's not really like we're not like, we're not it, it, we're not, not begging for it it's no, like, not, when you come we're grateful it come across as that uh, one bit but I think you deserved you deserve more than you're getting and that's yeah. my personal thing um, I'd like to see you on more lineups I think there's space for you on more lineups as well personally yeah. um, 
That being said, have you got some gigs in the in the pipeline? Or like <laughs> no. nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, nope. there is there. We have we have we have uh, track ideas and stuff in the pipeline, but as far as, far as playing live, no. Nah, have you got releases coming out or not like that? Um, um, no, I think we've, we've got a few tracks to finish off. And we've got this one track that we've taken our sweet time with, and we've changed it a lot. And it's it's actually a cover of a metal song. Right, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. I'll after. But yeah, we've had it re-sang by someone. It's a cover of a metal track. It works. Yeah, it's not just Has like no one else done it as well. No, yeah, it's really no. good. I like that. Yeah. I like it when people think outside the box. I don't think anyone will have heard it <laughs> in, in no, this scene. To, to anyone else that doesn't know. listen to American cheese rock, it'll sound like an original track. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to sort of tie today up, mate, because I think I've really enjoyed this conversation. To be honest yeah, with you. Consider have to do part two. <laughs> yeah, no. Considering I, as, as I haven't like actually met you until today, I was like comfortable straight away that we're talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's sound. But... I'm sure I will be getting his back on. Um, something that was said off pod was, if you give him a drink, he's quite entertaining. So, <laughs> so that's, that's a possibility as well. That's a possibility. Yeah, I, I, I won't be on that one. So, uh, <laughs> I could prove behind the table. But yeah, absolutely. Have his on again. It was. I think it. It's good to sometimes. I say this to a couple of people who are meeting the scene. It's like it's good to um, talk to people who you feel like on the same wavelength as, where it's like. They're in it for the right reasons. The the share knowledge of putting tracks together yeah. or reading a crowd or whatever it, that that may be. And when it clicks, it's just all right, in it. Mm. Um, so to that, tie today up. Um, do you have you seen any of the podcasts before? Have you watched it? At all? I've watched one okay. or two, I think. Right, and you said you watched. Yeah, I've watched it. Well. So I asked everyone, um, "You're going to get the electric chair, right? <laughs> um, you've got one more meal." What are you going to have? You can have a starter, main, dessert, and a beverage. What are you having? Okay, well, I'll start with a pint of Erdinger. I've never even had a pint of Erdinger. <laughs> Honestly, Erdinger. Is that a local brew? If you don't know, get to know it. No, it's a German wheat beer, but it's right. the best beer on the planet. I fully believe that. Yeah. Where did you get that? Because I've never seen that. After, <laughs> after Burnley Games, obviously, it's a city home tonight, so yeah. I'll be going on that. The Bridge Inn. Right. They have a load of German beers on, and that's where I found it. All oh, right, okay, go on, yeah. So, my starter... I like oh. how you went for the beer before you even told me any of the food. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, my starter... I don't eat starters, I'll just go for, like, mushrooms, huh? garlic mushrooms. I don't even know why I've said that. <laughs> for my main course... You don't need to have all three, you've just... <laughs> for my main course, I'm going to say tomato soup. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't eat that. I love pizza or pasta. I love Italian food and curry. Italian. Love curry. Yeah, okay. Or the fowl. You've been very big. Come on, give me. A, I need an. Mine's going to be a T-bone steak. We catch up on. I need something exact off you. Go on. All right. Chicken tikka vindaloo. Right. Okay. Garlic rice. Yep. Peshwari naan. Yeah. That's by me. That type of curry goes amazing with a pint of lager. Like it, it's just so. British. I know it's not British, but it's a proper complimentary <laughs> yeah. hand in hand with each other. What are you having for your pudding? For my pudding, I'll have a pizza. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's your last meal. What are you going for then? What for pizza? Oh, uh, salami, onion, and chili. Nice. Very nice. Go on then. What you having? Yeah. Starter. I won't be uh, having my tomato soup for start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll skip straight to the main. I'll just get a T-bone steak. Well done. With loads of ketchup on. Oh, <laughs> Oh, fuck. You're joking. 
eats ketchup. Right, honestly, uh, everything. No, it's well done. Yeah. I, do you know something? I could get away with tomato sauce on like a good cook steak and a push. It's got to be well done, friend. It's got to be like no, a, a flip flop. Do you think it's really dry? <laughs> yeah, I like it like that. We went somewhere for his birthday. Where were it? The fire pit in Rottensall, I think it was. Right, yeah. He paid a lot of money for this steak and it arrived and it were on these stones and he had to cook it himself. <laughs> it's been out 10 minutes flipping it. He were absolutely fuming. He was like, I can't believe I've got to wait to cook my own meal. Why am I here? <laughs> Wait, what, and you'd ask for it well done as well? Nah, I probably just said kind of a mistake. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my own fault, but I didn't realise. How with that? Uh, just chips. <laughs> I'm not a very adventurous food man. Uh, right into the tomato sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely yeah, dessert then. Come on, surely this sweet dessert must be a little bit better. Oh, I'm gonna even say angel I'm going to say a bag of Harry balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right then. Oh, I've got the appetite of a 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> nah. My little one's got more of a taste than you. It's pretty bad. It is four. Mrs. Gore's <laughs> Gore mad. She's like, I can only make you three meals a week. You want to eat or else? <laughs> I bet you absolutely love smiley faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fish fingers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, which Harry Boss? Uh, go on then. Uh, <laughs> have the uh, fizzy ones. He's not actually getting them. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the kitchen now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing number two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, and what are you washing that down with? Don't even say a fucking panda pop. Just have a pan of coke. <laughs> Full fat? No, I'll have a. Um, I do like a moretta. A pan nice, moretta. Nice pint. Yeah. Nice pint. Yeah, so I uh, just want to say thanks to you for coming on today. It's been very entertaining. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Do you know that? Um, where can people find you? SoundCloud, Facebook. So it's SoundCloud, your main sort of. Yeah, we don't really use what else. Yeah, it's just yeah. SoundCloud. We're I've started. We're on YouTube and TikTok and stuff. He set them accounts. Yeah, so we're on things. You're on things, but everyone's got the, their own main one. Yeah, that works the most haven't they? Would you say Face, it's Facebook and SoundCloud? Yeah, yeah. right. So that's DV Produ- DVB Productions on uh, Facebook and SoundCloud and TikTok, YouTube. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Excellent. Spotify. Spotify. Is there anything you want to plug at all whilst you're here? Uh, have you got the latest? Give you, <laughs> give you 2023. It listens. Yeah. I know. By the way, download last night. Which for that one or the original? Um, leave it with me. I'll get back to you. Yeah. I will let you know in the, in the comments as well. Because I think the new one's better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, um, with me, I hammered give you right when it first came out, and. Maybe you just attach memories to tunes. Because I, 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 so, I listen to some Alex K tunes and listen them now, I'm like, the shit. Yeah. But at the time, they're amazing and you look back on them fondly. I've, I've just had a shot on Alex K for no reason there, but there is other people out there who, who get attached. Yeah, I know what you mean. Not, not great, like, the, because of the memories nostalgia. So when I think of Give You the Original, I think of Ice Play in a Place, um, TJ's Bar in, in Whitehaven. I used to always pull out the DVB stuff, so it was like, for me, it's probably it's the original. No, yeah. but the thing is, though, I, I think that the production on this one and do you know when we were saying about the DVB vibe? You've got more of a DVB vibe, fuck it, DVB vibe on this one. Yeah. I was going to say DVB Viper B there. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? No, DV, either DD and DV. But yeah, um, it's got more of that. Edginess, I think the the newest one. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I think it 
probably I, I'm, I lean more, more towards that what you're saying is if I sent you two mixers back in the day you'd play this one uh, yeah yeah. and I think I'd have the nostalgic thing for that yeah, one yeah. so so yeah um, subjectively I think that one is better yeah um, in fact it's, it's objectively better as well because it's better production better feel to it and everything so yeah, go out and buy that. Where can people find that? What, what it's not out yet, but it'll be out on Club. No, we've done, a, we've done a, a bit of a thing with that, haven't we? So we've done ours. I'm going to remaster the original. Oh, yeah, you can plug to, this. Yeah, yeah, to whatever standard it turns. I'll, I'll, we'll do a remaster of the original, though. Yeah. We've got a bad mix, so yeah. Bad Behaviour have done one for us. Yeah. And we've also got... Um, oh, yeah, we've got two, haven't we? yeah, yeah. So we put on our Facebook page that we we wanted to get some up and comers involved. Yeah. Just just for a bit of fun, really. See what's out there, and, and yeah. you know, see what happened. And we we picked two lads. So one's called Jamie Wales Synthetic. Yeah. He's doing a mix, and also um, Gregor. Gregor. Yeah. So Greg Evans, he's going to do a mix for us as well. Excellent. Uh, get check them out when it when this comes out. Uh, when these come out, I, I think it's going to be a big release for us as well. Because as I say, there's a lot of people who's got that nostalgic feeling. Yeah. To the track, and I think a lot of people will be interested to hear the other mixes. Yeah, as well. yeah definitely. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been Cheers. fantastic. If you've enjoyed this episode, um, share it with your mates. That's how we grow as a podcast. I say this every week. Uh, sharing helps, uh, and same goes with the tunes and that as well. If you if if you see your favorite producers and they're putting out tunes, sharing takes two seconds, but you just it could be someone else's favorite tune five years down the line when you you always took that one share um, and it can go viral that's, that's what it is so yeah if you've enjoyed this you can uh, sign up a Patreon for some bonus episodes and to get early access to the public episodes uh, at Patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh it's been an absolute pleasure boys cheers See you later. thank you very much